back to a new podcast episode on the Carlton Football Club. Today's episode, uh, we'll be going through Carlton's recent mistakes in the AFL draft from 2016 onwards, some of their recent trade blunders that included draft picks, some of their players that won't be in the next premiership side and that they should look to offload as soon as possible, You know, also covering why they're going nowhere. And then we'll also just talk about you know, sometimes a bit of the bright side at the end, just with their youth. And then we'll also just discuss the teams better than them and some of the poor efforts from the weekend where they showed no real signs of putting up a fight against Port Adelaide. So in today's video or ed- episode, I am joined by my dad, Mark Brannigan. Dad, how are you? G'day, Billy. Always a pleasure to be here. I think it's my uh, second appearance, but first time on yeah. the screen for all the yeah. fans out there. So welcome. Yeah, first time on the screen. Now, I think what we're going to do is, so we've got, uh, we got, we both got a couple notes written down here. Um, so I was going to start with, so obviously the main goal of today's video is just to go over why Carlton are pretty much going nowhere. They're stuck in AFL purgatory, you could say. What, they're 10th, 11th, well, we've got the ladder up here, we'll just have a geese. So they're 11th at the moment, and I can't really see them going much higher than that throughout this season. And I definitely cannot see them making the eight after all the hype we saw around the trade period when they got Williams and Saad thinking they were a good team. So what do you think? Yeah, look, I can't really uh, see the uh, Blues getting into the finals. I just I think everyone's jumping on them um, a little bit after mm-hmm. the poor effort against Port Adelaide the other night. But um, I didn't quite buy into all of the hype at the start of the season that they were going to be definites for the eight. I thought that they were just one of many teams that might improve, but um, yeah, I, I just don't think that it's uh, it's, a, it's an easy uh, path into the finals. They've got some other fundamental problems at Carlton, and I think that some of them came out on um, Saturday night. So I, I wouldn't write off the season yet, but at the same time, I think they're certainly not up there for the eight. So let's, uh, let's explore why that okay. all happened, Billy, because it's quite mystifying, particularly is. for Carlton supporters. Better mention the fact that I'm not a Carlton supporter. Yeah, no, we both aren't Carlton supporters. You're a Swan supporter and I'm yeah. uh, Geelong, so we'll probably rip into them more than, you know, we would if we well, were a Carlton supporter. Yeah, well, as someone who grew up in the uh, 70s, which is yeah. why you call me Boomer for some reason, <laughs> um, I think that uh, Carlton, it has to be remembered, was so successful, they were the most arrogant club and everyone really hated them. They were worse than Collingwood even. So, um, you know, it's good to see them down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm sure that they can get back. They've just got some hard, hard work. And the trouble is that they their, their fans seem to assume that they can jump up. So uh, let's see why they're uh, taking so long to come back. It's, it seems to be a very slow process. All right, it is. So we'll start with the 2016 AFL draft here. So we'll just go through their main picks. So Sam Pearl Pepper at number six, Zach Fisher at 27. And then have you ever heard of this bloke, a key defender called Harrison McCrady at pick 47? Uh, is he running around in the VFL somewhere? He probably is because he's no longer on the Carlton list, I believe. Right. And he only managed a couple of games. And then we also another player who you may have heard of, but I don't know if you have, Cameron Paulson at pick 59. Yeah, the Paulson was one of those guys that uh, they thought he could be anything. He was He's one of those guys that 
a bit like David Cunningham, they uh, they thought about four years ago, about 2016 or so, that he was the next big thing. But it, uh, I don't know, is he still on the list? Yeah, he's still on the list. Oh, he, he got a right. couple games last year, I think, and the Blues fans do rate him. I don't necessarily, from what I've seen, from the limited game time I've seen from him. And he just reminds me of a Matt Kennedy. Just seems like a bit of a fringe player in the Carlton team. And when you're a fringe player in Carlton's best 22, you've probably got to step your game up. Yeah, I uh, I can't even recall him uh, either. So I'm not saying that he can't play footy. But, um, yeah, they just seem to have turned over a lot of players. And one other interesting feature is that they seem to have recruited quite a few from the... Uh, the Giants, that's certainly the public perception, but they brought in a lot of guys from uh, who were sort of recycled from the Giants either because they wanted to move on from um, Greater Western Sydney and uh, they were easy pickings. Or maybe the uh, recruiting team at the time thought that they could get these guys who'd been in the system maybe two or three years and they were sort of uh, seen as top 20 draft material. So they're getting in quite cheaply, but a lot of them just don't seem to have uh, kicked on. You know, a guy like I, uh, one, one guy I'd mention is a uh, Caleb Marchbank. Marchbank, he's and, ACL injury, I believe, at the moment. But, oh, is that yeah. for this year? Yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah, I think he's had a lot of injuries. But well, um, you've also got yeah, just a lot of them just haven't seemed to have worked out. Um, just a lot Setterfield, of bad field. Setterfield's hardly getting a game, and then Plowman's in the back pocket, so you don't really see too much of him. Yeah, so I think that they probably. Just, I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe there's an issue also there about the coaching. They had this interim period where you had, in recent years, you had Bolton coaching, um, who was, you know, trying to start them again. And then Teague, is he starting them again? Yeah, they seem it's to a be whole sort new of, process. They seem to be going year. back to the start regularly. But although publicly they never seem to admit that. And um, maybe that's part of their problem, that they don't admit it. I think that they're better off coming out and saying that they've got a work at it. I mean, you look at Hawthorne now. I mean, they're virtually saying, we're not going to be trading players in and out. We're going to be going back to the draft. draft. Yeah. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see how we go. But they're asking for the uh, supporters to be uh, patient. Whereas, um, you know, Carlton never seemed to admit that. Yeah. I think Carlton did go to the draft, as we'll get into. But the problem is they did, they have had a history of trading away a couple draft picks. They weren't the highest, but... Will Setterfield, they got in. Caleb Marchbank, as you mentioned before. And then we also have Lockie Plowman, as I mentioned before. And that probably is due to the Stephen Silvani link, as he worked at GWS Giants and then was the previous list manager at Carlton Football Club. But he's no longer there anymore. But So on SP, on Sam Petreski's season at Pixie, so he was selected as a midfielder. Now he plays this halfback attacking role, which I don't think necessarily best suits him from what I've seen. So, But just based on that, Jack Bowes, Gold Coast defender, he's playing brilliantly at the moment. Ollie Florent, number pick 11. Jai Simpkin, tearing it up for North Melbourne, pick 12. Perryman and Todd Marshall, I thought were debatable if they were better selections than Sam Powell, um, not Sam Powell Pepper, Sam petrusky Seaton. Um, we've got Sam Powell Pepper talking of the man at pick 18. I would rather Sam Powell Pepper in your team over petrusky Seaton. Could you agree? Yeah. So uh, what draft was that? What year? This is the 2016 draft. Right. Okay. Yeah, so uh, no, I'd agree with you there. Um, so who did they miss out? So as a Swans man, Ollie Florence really uh, flowered. Something to do with his name. I think that's almost Latin for flowering. Uh, he's really uh, kicked on as a midfielder yeah, and pretty hard. He's 
you know, pretty hard at it. But um, but there were some other players there that they, yeah, they they could have taken him and Simkin. Uh, he's he's done all right. Marshall's a big guy. Even the thing about this 2016 draft, it wasn't the best draft. It still had amazing top talent, which they were lucky to miss out on in McCarth, McGrath, Taranto and McCluggage. But even getting down further, there's a lot of guys who weren't seen as, you know, the best at the time, and now they're probably better than guys like Sam Petrescu seen. So even a Brandon Parford at 26. Um, now we get to pick 27, Zach Fisher. I think Zach Fisher was actually an all right pick from the Blues. I didn't think it was that bad. The problem is, if you look right here, two picks later, Shea Bolton. Now, is the question, would Shea Bolton be the same? Would Shea Bolton have the same hype and stigma around him if he went to the Blues? Because he wouldn't be a premiership player. Let's put that firstly. Uh, that's true. I think it's the million-dollar question, Billy, that mm -hmm. if some of these players were at other clubs, would they have uh, progressed a lot more? I think Shay Bolton, um, yeah, probably could have gone uh, many, many ways. So I look, I don't blame them for um, overlooking Shay Bolton. I, I must admit. So Bolton went at what twenty nine, twenty nine, and Zach Fisher went. Be, Carlton took Zach Fisher before him. Um, are we? Are we also just? Uh, is, is there a bit of a legacy issue as well that you know some of the older players are creating a bit of a problem at? Carlton that they may be uh, pl being played for too long and perhaps should have uh, retired a bit earlier. So well, definitely. Well, I can mention that here. So the main players we listed for Carlton that we don't think will be in the next premiership side if they ever get a next premiership, Liam Jones, 30 years old. He yep. has come of age a bit recently, but he I don't think he'll be, but he will be in the next premiership side. So we'll cross him off. Nick Newman, 28, traded originally from the Sydney Swans. I also don't think he's going to be in the next side. He's on the fringe at the moment. Betts, I think this was a marketing move in all honesty. I think this was to sell some jumpers. Betts wanted to come home. I mean, Carlton is still... Carlton were paying some of his salary to get him over. It wasn't, you know, a whole free agent thing. The other thing is, I just think... It, there's, a lot, there's a lot of hype for this man who might only do one thing a game. As we saw against Port Adelaide... He had that one on the boundary and he crossed it in. Well, not crossed it in. We're not talking soccer here. But, you know, he sort of chipped it up to Mitch McGovern in the centre square, which was his only highlight for the game and the Carlton fans were going ballistic. So my point is he really does one or two good things a game, which are amazing, but it's only one or two things, which is the problem. Well, also, in modern footy, you want the forwards to apply a lot of uh, pressure to uh, cause turnovers and stop the ball coming out of the inside 50. So exactly. are we getting that from Betts as well? We, I don't know what his stats we're probably are. Not getting he the, never looks like he's... We're probably not getting the insane pressure we want, you'd want from him, especially at that age with those legs of him. Yeah. Is, um, so then we got Nunes. I think they probably give him an extra four years just for kicking a goal after the siren against Frio. Did they renew his contract and extend it? Did they? Oh, no, I was just... Uh. I was, um, no, I don't know if they have, but my point is they do they do love him just because of that, and they probably probably get to that point of yeah. over-rate. Yeah, you don't build a premiership out of that, no. Uh, Ed Kerno, 31. I think he is underrated as still one of the most important players week in, week out, tagging the best the opposition player's best team. Uh, Kaz Bolt, God, he is... <laughs> <laughs> Levi Kaz Bolt, we've had a lot to say about him before. Well, look, I mean, the the thing with uh, Levi is that every club has a player that does 
the supporters' heads in. And I think mm-hmm. he's got to be in the top three. Of all time? Well, in uh, Carl- recent Carlton history, I think yeah, he's, he's right up there. I think that uh, at the start of uh, 2019, it must have been, or even last year, he was clunking a few big marks. Might have been the start of 2020. Mm-hmm. And you thought, oh, maybe the guy's finally got it all together and his, uh, and his kicking had been improved. And um, I thought that they really looked like they had something there, but he just can't seem to get the consistency going. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you do? They're, they're, they're part of the uh, team. And then you got uh, – are, are you including Doherty in that list? Because Doherty well, must be getting on a bit. He must well, be getting that's a That's a surprising thing that I found surprising. Doherty yeah. is only 27 years of age. Right, okay. Which, and then we've got Murphy as the last one here. Um, he's just probably just wasting his career, wasting his final years away, stuck on the half forward flank. Not a good look at all. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's always a big question at the end of a career as to how much a club deals with a favoured son. But I mean, they had Kate Simpson who hung, hung around for a few years, and um, and Cruiser, and then Murphy, and um, you know, it's always a bit of a hard call. The other thing is uh, it's been thrown up that maybe he should be given a bit more of a challenge. So rather than just sitting in the forward pocket, I don't know whether Robbo and the Herald Sun put him, suggested he might even have a run in the middle. <clears throat> but it um, be interesting to see how that would go. But they should probably try something to uh, kick him along a bit. But I think that, um, you know, when you look at it, a lot of people suggest that Carlton are young, but they're not that young. Yeah, they... <coughs> well, I can... I, I think was... on the weekend they were about the... The fifth oldest list and the sixth most experienced in games when they uh, they ran out, and that was against Port Adelaide. So I, the sort of talk about rebuild, age, young list, etc., doesn't actually um, you know hold hold true. Doesn't ring true, and I think that um, that's maybe where they've got things uh, a little bit mixed up. But the um, yeah, all those older guys that you mentioned, I mean, I, I don't think you should just write off a player and say, is he going to be in your next premiership? Because obviously well, 17 teams don't make a premiership each year. Okay. But you've got to sort of uh, allow them to fill their space. What I think about someone like a Jones, who does, you know, what he, he the frustration with him, of course, is that his uh, marking and his intercepting is always quite spectacular, quite effective. But on the other hand, his disposal is yeah. atrocious. And... Um, and then you've got – and McGovern's another guy who's running around that I don't think they seem to be getting much value. Yeah. They seem to actually, over the last few years, they seem to have been seduced by some big names and do the trade, and it just doesn't quite well, work out there at the Blues. No, definitely a good point you've made there with the Mitch McGovern trade. We'll probably – we'll just skip over a couple of the other drafts we're yep, going to touch okay. on with the Paddy Dow, but we'll just talk about this McGovern trade. So they traded the pick – they traded um, they traded two picks – uh, it was a 22 and a 28 to Sydney to get 13, and then they traded that 13 for Mitch McGovern, in fact. The problem is McGovern's only played a handful of games, and he hasn't really necessarily set the world on fire like he did at Adelaide, some would say. And the problem is that pick 13 could have been better off used on a player like Zach Butters, who's the Port Adelaide power, who they played on the weekend, took it pick 18 or 19, I believe, and he's going to be a star of the competition. Out injured at the moment, but still. And the Swans, what, got two picks in the 20s? And, yeah, and then the Swans got Rowbottom with one of those picks in the 20s, who I would rather over Mitch McGovern running around dropping chess marks, as he did on the weekend. Good Skevies boy. I think that... Uh, no, but he, his, uh, his development is remarkable. And if you look at that compared to what's happening at Carlton with some players, 
it's uh, you know it does raise a question: Is it the environment? Is it the coaching? Is it the culture? Um, and why do some players kick on like a row bottom at the Swans? So you know that's a problem that Carlton just don't seem to have got sorted out. Well, the thing is, even just comparing clubs. So if I was to compare Sydney, off the top of my list, I reckon I could almost get to twenty players under twenty four or twenty three who I think will be stars in the coming years. So Sam Wicks, Justin McInerney, Chad Warner, uh, Braden Campbell. Ollie Florent, Eric Goulden, Logan McDonald, Robottom. Oh, I reckon. Is this the Swans? That's, that's eight. Are we are we talking about the Swans tonight or? No. Are we just All right. So, so this is. I just want to touch on this in comparison. So that's eight players I've named off the top of my head, and here I've got written down, and I think they will all be locks to play into Sydney's lineup for the next ten years almost. And I've can I can only really spot six in this Carlton lineup. So I've got Sam Wiedering as the fullback. Tick him off. Sam Walsh, inside mid, 20 years of age. Uh, Tom DeConing, injured at the moment with a back stress fracture, but should be back soon, 21 years of age. Lucky Fogarty, mid forward, who they got from Geelong, 21 years of age. Mackay, their key forward, 23 years of age. And Fisher is probably going to keep getting games, mid forward, 22 years of age. So that's six that I've had to go on their list and search up and try and find, whereas Sydney, off the top of my head, I can get eight straight away, who I think will be locks under 23. And that's just what, that's just some of the blunders they've made with trades and, you know, their rookie development because they're prioritising guys, as we've said, like Mitch McGovern, like Murphy, like Betts, and Cade Simpson as well. Even Bryce Gibbs up until 2016 or 2017, whenever he left. That's, you know, the point so we're getting you, out there. You were just go through the uh, drafts that uh, where they had a few problems. So that was about 2016, was it, or 2018? Yeah. But well, so we'll just just, uh, just, some of just remind me of a few others that you were okay. so, going to mention. So you talked about favoured sons such as Kerno, um, such as Simpson and Mark Murphy before. Let's talk about an in favoured son at the Carlton Football Club. Pick three in the 2017 draft with Luke Davies, Uniaki, Adam Chera, Jaden Severson, Hunter Clark, Nick Caulfield, and Aaron Norton, all in the top ten on the board, ready to be picked. Carlton Football Club select. Paddy Dow. Does that does that tell you something or? Well, he was at number three. He must have been highly rated by all the recruiters. So it's interesting. Uh, you know, has he been put in the wrong position? Has he been injured? Uh, yeah, what's the attitude like? I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know enough about him. But he, well, if he's been dropped, that's probably not a bad thing to you know rather than mollycoddle him and keep him in when he's not performing. So I. I, I just don't understand that one, um, That how it doesn't seem to have worked out. But well, I that was their big pick, three, yeah. So He's still only and, 21, so I don't yeah. want to write him off. But at the same time, Carlton have given him a, quite a few opportunities now. So I think I have to write him off, honestly, at this point. Uh, I think you're a bit rough on that one. Well, LDU, Chera, Jaden Stevenson, Hunter Clark, Nick Hoffield, Aaron Norton, all far better selections. And then the thing is... Another in-favoured son, if we go even further down here. So, Lockie O'Brien. Right. Have you heard of Lockie O'Brien? Well, not until recent weeks. <laughs> but what year are we talking about? That's 2017. This is the 2017 so draft. They should be in the system pretty... They should be fairly solid now. I suppose if you compare them to what others are doing, like Aaron Norton, he's becoming a bit of a household name, Hunter Clark, the St Kilda guys have been good. Stevenson, he's been already... You know, moved out of Collingwood. Um, Chera, his wishes. Chera is uh, 
so be able to be a star at Frio. Um, UDL, uh, Davies Uniac, he's uh, done very well at North Melbourne, and Brayshaw and mm -hmm. Rayner, but they, they yeah, they, they can't they were couldn't pick him. But well, Dow, um, I don't, I don't know what uh, his uh, pedigree was, but yeah, they must have rated him very, very highly. So well, maybe we just excuse Paddy Dow because mate, if he's gonna, if someone's gonna go at three, a lot of people must rate him. Yeah, but. We cannot excuse at pick 10, Lucky O'Brien, because I can name 15 players here who are better selections than him. Okay, okay. well, just off the top of your head, why don't you name them? Okay, well, I'll, go, I'll go through the list I've written down here, all right? Aiden, oh, right Aiden Boner. Yeah, Boner. Yep. Zach Bailey, Jack Higgins, Oscar Allen, Lucky Fogarty, Tim Kelly, Noah Bolter, Liam Ryan, Brent Daniels, can't believe I've said this, <laughs> Bailey Fritch. God, I hated uh, saying that. Against my own will. Charlie Constable. Fritch. He's coming back, Fritchie. He's becoming yeah. a bit of a mainstay of the Melbourne forward line. I mean, he's a bit of a superstar. Charlie Ballard, the Warpedo Warpel, and... Best and fairest. Even Grind Myers, I'd take over Lucky O'Brien at this stage. Or have uh, I gone too far there? I think that's really... Uh, too far? Pushing, uh, yeah, pushing the envelope. But out of that group, I mean, Alan, Oscar Allen looks like the standout. Definitely from that lower group. Um, <clears throat> I got a feeling he was a Perth boy. That might have been what put recruiters off. But yeah, he looks fantastic. As does um, oh, and Kelly uh, and Noah Bolter. That's I mean Bolter's probably been one of the most improved players in the competition. He was an absolute smoky. So not that the Tigers needed some other good recruits, but he's come through really well. So they uh, yeah they missed out on some of those players, but Bolter he's just been tremendous. Mm -hmm. So Lockie O'Brien, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what their sort of game plan is. I don't know. I mean, that's the big question that we have to ask: is it the game plan or is it the recruiting? Like, for example, if Paddy Dow was drafted to Richmond, would he be as bad as he is at the moment? Probably not bad. It's a great word, but would he be better than he is at the moment? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say bad. He's still young. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I mean, then you look at someone like, let's say, Cripps, who I've considered one of the best players in the competition mm -hmm. the last few years. I mean, does Cripper get sick of it all? I does he so. get discouraged? He's out of contract at the end of this year, isn't he? Well, in a recent podcast, he was asked who his favourite player is, and he said, Nat Nui. He'd love to one day, you know, be under him. Well, he might be homesick and want to go back to the West, but, um, you know, that must be uh, a challenge for him, That that sort of brings you down and uh, you know given that he's been um, working so hard in the midfield he's probably worn right down no mm -hmm. cripper so does he sort of get discouraged i i think it's a really tough um, tough story there um okay so in terms of the drafting uh o'brien i didn't know much about him um it, look it's a bit of a lottery but um, yeah, it just hasn't quite worked, hasn't really. So after that year's draft, who did so we'll we get go to on the, to? We'll get to the 2019 draft. So they pick 17 and 20. They go Brody Kemp and Sam Phillip. Now, they haven't played any games, and this is where we question why why someone like an Eddie Betts was signed. Because you draft a Brody Kemp, who I'm pretty sure is a small forward, and then Sam Phillip, who's an inside mid, obviously not uh, Betts' position. But I'm just saying, you know, would you, would you not rather get games into youth players like Kemp and Phillip, only the two games combined together since the 2019 draft class, yet you're playing guys like 34-year-old bets who don't apply an insane amount of pressure to the opponents? Yes, 
they can have some magic moments, but I I'm unsure if I if I if you're if you consider yourself a rebuilding side, then you get games into your youth, and Carlton aren't doing that when they're not playing Brodie Kemp and Sam Phillip. Yeah, so interesting in that 2019 draft, um, you say the first pick they had was 17. So what did they do with their earlier pick? Because they finished about second last, didn't they, in 2016? Well, so well, what, well. What, so they must have had about pick number two or three. This gets us right? to one of our big points. Now, Carlton didn't necessarily lose out on this trade that we're going to mention here, but it is the infamous Liam Stocker trade. So here... The Crows received Carlton 2019 first round pick, which was the third, which was third last, which would have been pick three, but due to Suns priority became pick four. And then the Blues received Liam Stocker, pick 19 of the 2019 draft, pick sorry, pick 19 of the 2018 draft, and then Crows 2019 first round pick, which was around 11, I believe. So yeah, a bit hard to keep up with your uh, logic there, mate. Uh, we might need a whiteboard, but anyway, <laughs> well. It is hard to disclose all this information because there's lots of trades that happened here, but pretty much... So take a step back, just quick, in five words or less, summarise that deal. What okay. happened to their, five first, words their, or less. their pick that should have been number four? Okay. What, what did they do with in, it? In five words or less, less Carlton got Liam Stocker and Brody Kemp, and Crows got Luke Pedler, pick 10 in last year's draft, and pick six in the 2019 draft, Fisher McCasey. Mackesy. Yeah, Mackesy. Yeah. In total, Stocker and Kemp have played five games. And Mackesy and... Mac- Mac- yeah, however Mac- you want to say it, Mackesy and Luke Pedler haven't also... Haven't they also played the ten between them? Mainly due to injury to Mackesy and Pedler just being drafted this year. However, these blokes have had three years for Stocker and two years for Kemp. Okay. Going into the second year. Going so the third. main thing is when you compare it to the Adelaide side of the deal, that... Yeah. They haven't. Carlton didn't really lose out on that, but in terms of what they got in, so these guys Stocker and Mac, uh, Stocker and who was the other guy? Stocker and Brody Kemp and Kemp. But they haven't really given. They didn't them. necessarily lose out, but they also did because of the potential they could have had if they had that pick six that Adelaide ended up receiving. Okay. So my point here is in the twenty. It was about 2018, 2019 here, and they were looking for a small forward. Uh, Carlton made it very clear that they needed a small forward who could run around, bring the pressure. This was after Jeff Garlett retired a couple years prior, and they ended up getting Eddie Betts in the end, and they that's why they drafted guys like Sam Phillip and Brody Kemp. But anyway, my point is, they could have had... The, I just wrote some small forwards and some inside balls, which were the main posi- main positions they needed to fill on their field that would have been better than McCasey that they could have selected. Liam Henry, small forward. Cozzy Pickett, lining it up for the Ds at the moment, small forward. Tom Green for the Giants, inside bull. Mitch Georgiardis, full forward. Probably wouldn't have got him after McGovern, so I'll get rid of that. Chad Warner, uh, uh, forward mid. And then Frankie Evans, small forward. Those are just position fillers, that they, and I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. So they're the players that they missed out on? Yes. Oh, okay. And it's not... it's. Really, obviously, besides Cozzy Pickett at the moment and Tom Green, it's really nothing special. It's sort of just more about the potential they could have had if they had those picks. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry. I think I've just broken out here. <laughs> so, um, that was not a gunshot. Like the Carlton Cheer... wasn't the Carlton Cheer Squad yelling. Yelling abuse or fire. Wait, have you just broken the thing? chair? Yeah, I'm sorry about we'll, that. We'll switch chairs um, then. No, no, no. I'll just... Actually... I better uh, finish up my little uh, contribution we'll, here. We'll wrap it so, up. so we'll with your uh, no your assessment, good. There's a couple of things that we haven't really touched on. Guys like Silvani, 
Kurnow. That is true. Um, and Kurnow in particular, losing uh, Charlie Kurnow has been a huge loss. That's something that we should give them uh, credit for. Yeah. Uh, McKay looks like he's coming good. I just reckon it seems to me to be about um, commitment. And mm-hmm. if they've had a complete... Uh, they've, they've been criticised all over the place this week in the media after a pathetic showing against Port Adelaide. I'm sure they'll really bounce back. Um, and if they don't, that's going to be a problem. They're away to Brisbane this weekend, and maybe just the travel might be uh, something that sort of gets the boys bonded a bit more. And then they've got Essendon after that, which they, they may win. So they might sort of bounce back. But I just wonder whether, uh, you know, fundamentally that squad just seems to continue to be a problem. And for their... Supporters, I never thought I'd say this, they're poor supporters. Um, they just seem to be so frustrated. doesn't seem to be making any progress. That's what's yes. really frustrating. And they don't look like they're making effort. So I reckon that Carlton can, uh, you know, that, that they can turn it around. I think some of their trades look very questionable and you've mm-hmm. done a really good job there. But I'll throw it over to you after wrecking this chair. Yes, so just before we get to the 30-minute mark, I just wanted to show you this one clip. So you just touched there on the effort, which we've talked about, and I said I'd bring up a clip from the game on the weekend. So if we can, you might not be able to hear it if you're watching. So just look at this from Jack Nunes, okay? So here he is on the mark. He just lets Amon run past him. Should have been 50 anyway, didn't it? He looked like he was running. Yeah, but uh, so you know, but Amon like obviously you want to see around around the at the moment. Like, it down the line, it's Charlie. quite ridiculous that. So we go back. If you just want to watch that again, please. It's uh, three-quarter time. It's now back to thirty-seven. There it is. There it is. And look, Jack Newton just lets him. There's. That wasn't a mark. It was a contested possession, so you can't even give him that. Who's the team standing the mark? Excuse. That's pure effort. So that's what we'll do to wrap up this podcast episode video. Hopefully, we've got to a conclusion there. So we've sort of just added that Carlton. They're not really going anywhere at the moment, and we've gone through the 2016 to 2020 drafts. They haven't had the best selections. Yes, they they haven't been the best drafts besides 19 and 18, um, but that's when they had their lowest picks in those drafts. And then some of their trades, so the Liam Stocker trade and the Mitch McGovern trade, mostly we mentioned the idea that they're still playing these old guys who are probably not going to be in their next best team. You may as well, if you're going to be a rebuilding side, get games into your youth players, but then we all, and then we also mentioned that their youth list isn't as good as it, you know, it's we're told to, we're told it is. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. So we're pretty much just going to wrap that up and say that Carlton are going nowhere, and that's why. So hopefully. well, Carlton in my day used to always just buy their way out of trouble. They can't do that anymore. So they have to think their way through this, and um, maybe that's part of the problem at the club that they can't get clear on their approach. Are they rebuilding, going back to square one, or are they going to sort of try and just be competitive through their trading? So I think that uh, that's where they, there seems to be this element of doubt of where they're at. Yeah, well, uh, David Teague needs to get them sorted out and quick before they are back in purgatory. Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, long may it continue. I'd love to see the Blues down. But anyway, thanks for watching, guys. Please uh, leave a like, All right. subscribe, comment. And, uh, yeah, that's all. We'll see you in the next video. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff.